it's nothing personal for me. It's just business. The streets of Baltimore, on the streets of Detroit, during the, the 60s in New York City. Immediately within it, you are going to get those people whose differences are not being articulated, which is right us. So, you expecting any backlash? Oh, I'm already getting it. Oh, yeah. How does that feel? Amin Drew Law, a.k.a. Amin Habibi, a.k.a. Amin TMK, plus size model next level with this next level shit. Introducing Exit the Matrix podcast. So excited y'all could be with us again. I have, of course, my counterpart, Mo Man, a.k.a. The, the Little, little tanky. tanky that fucking could. What's good with y'all? You seem a little excited, man. I am so excited. Is it, right. is it, a, is it an exciting episode that we have? We have an exciting episode for you. Because or are you ha- just excited for, for who we got? in the building. I think both of those things are true, and I don't believe they have to be mutually exclusive, but we do have a special guest in the studio with us right now, DC Grand Slam champion, director of poetry events at Busboys and Poets, DC's very own Pages Matam. Can you introduce yourself to the people? What up, what up, what up? Exit the Matrix. How y'all feeling, man? Thank y'all so much for having me. It's been a long time coming. You know, it's been a while. It's been a while. Today, we're going to talk about some really, really, really dope shit and some necessary shit. You know what I'm saying? But I'm here, man. Shout out to everybody out there throughout the world that's listening in. Thank y'all so much for all the support. Yeah, we're going to have a dope conversation coming live to you from Washington, D.C. It's my second home after Cameroon, Central Africa. So I I, I need all my peoples in Cameroon to start listening in to exit the Matrix. You hear me? We are already on uh, all habitable continents, but I don't believe we're in Cameroon. Let's find a way to change that. And and I'm really excited about this episode because this is truly one of the episodes where I feel like I am just excited to hear what y'all say. The type of unlearning process, the type of learning process nah, that y'all it, can benefit us. It's, it's motherfucker, we want to hear all the kinky truth, man. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest about this shit. This motherfucker wants this the is, kinky ass details. He wants the secrets. As I seek wisdom, I seek knowledge. That's why, you know, we put together this podcast. So, with that being said, are y'all ready to get into this sex positivity podcast? Yeah, man. Let's jump into it, man. Let's jump into it. I don't know, man. What'll happen if we don't? You know? I mean, I, you, you you ask a big question, like, am I ready? I don't know, man. Maybe I need to be. Well, well. Just hold me. I <laughs> Just hold me. Um, I'm I not ready. Don't. All right, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, okay, I'm okay. Ready. Roman boss is something you got to deal with. So all of that collaborated, fabricated, it ain't going to equal up to this real shit. And we're back. Any more laughter from you? So much laughter. Fuck y'all laughter. (laughs) No, not not toxic brotherhood. That's what I'm trying to exist with. Uh, Not oppressive ideologies. Wait, 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 wait. Yes. So if we laugh at you, you're not going to leave the NATO conference? <laughs> this old nigga here, this old neck ass this, nigga this man. Dude. <laughs> Why you want to bring Donnie J into? We not we not doing that right now. Neck ass Don- boy. <laughs> Donnie J could never have a discussion that we're about to have right now, and I want to distance him for another podcast. But I did want to talk to both of y'all as as we talked about this non toxic masculinity and, and exiting those oppressive ideologies and unlearning a lot of that oppressive stuff, gender roles, and so on and so forth. And because I know both of you have, I don't know how to say this but just uh passion and i think he's trying to call us a hoe bro that's not what i'm trying to call you however wow. you both are so wow. i want to be very clear with that i'm trying to be sentimental here i but am yes. too much of a communist to ever prioritize capitalization okay i'm a slut thank you okay as we move forward first of all 
Exit the Matrix just meeting me. Why are you putting all my shit out there, bro? Nah, I'm a sh- slut, too. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, I was trying to say that both of my counterparts over here understand sex positivity. I look to them for advice, how I move through the world and how I try to be non-oppressive in my romantic, sexual, sensual relationships. And I wanted this segment to be about us as cis het men have this conversation about how sex positivity can be more proactive in those aspects of our life. I'm rambling, but I wanted to discuss, like, y'all are both non-monogamous or can be or, or open to that. I know, moment you identify highly with being polyamorous. Duh. I just wanted to sort of talk to y'all about how we can move forward through this this masculinity, you know what I'm saying, and be positive. I, d- I don't feel like there's a wrong way to enter into learning to be less oppressive as far as sexuality goes. I think there tends to be two major pathways that people tend to take to get them there. I think one is uh, the world of BDSM and kink. I think another is the world of non-monogamy. Though I participate in kink, it's not an identity that's close enough to me that I claim it. I have a wonderful lover who is, in fact, a dom, and we do the most. But that's really one of my dalliances. As far as that goes, I would refer to the the brilliance uh, of Pages, who is much much more um, associated with that, and then I will come in and discuss uh, polyamory. So I yield uh, the floor to my brilliant, beautiful homie. Yes, I. so the way I identify, yes, definitely, I am non-monogamous with a hierarchy. I what have, does that mean? What does that mean for us folks who, who may not be in tune with the lingo? For the vanillas. Is that what I am, a vanilla? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> bro, I got to be, can I be vanilla bean? Or can I be French <laughs> vanilla? Do I got to be plain... Vanilla. Yeah, just just on a quick right. So not non hierarchical, right? For example, my alignment in polyamory is uh, I'm non hierarchical polyamorous. I do have a nesting partner, but what that means is none of your partners are weighted as more or less essential than the others. Whereas hierarchical, hierarchical, there is an order. This is my primary. This is my secondary. This is my tertiary. These are my anarchies, uh, and that's just a quick down and dirty with that. Facts. So that's the quick down and dirty on that. And somebody who's non-monogamous is just, you know, somebody who's the opposite of monogamous. So I'm not just with one person. I like to... I have poly tendencies, yes. Uh, But I, I, I don't strictly identify poly because I do not have the capacity at this current juncture of my life. I do not have the capacity to love more than one person at a time. Which is why then I deal in a hierarchical situation where my primary, there's they retain the most responsibility, especially when we deal in a romantic, uh, in a romantic dynamic and structure. And everybody else after that, they can be a level of love for sure and care for sure. But there's also a, a very real understanding of who I, I who, to whom I have the biggest responsibility to, and, and, and the maintaining of the relationship is to the primary. Now, as far as BDSM and kink, yes, uh, which are BDSM stands for bondage, dominance, sadomasochism, or dominant submissive or slave master, depending on the dynamic that you're trying to do. And all that it is is a consensual power exchange, though the power exchange can exist in multiple facets as well, but it is a consensual power exchange between two adults. And so like one person is relinquishing 
person is relinquishing control while the other person is assuming the control. But or that's persons. A, that, that's a particular, but that's a consent, right? Like that's yeah, a conversation. The, the had biggest thing, absolutely, absolutely. There's a conversation that is had and everything. Of course, that's the biggest thing. I mean, I tell people all the time, like they think, oh man, you you just always the, the main thing I always get, men, women, whatever, da, 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 or people that don't know. They always like, man, you just be out here just whipping bitches. And I'm like, that's not <laughs> right. <laughs> this is how not- this is not what happens and i'm trying to tell y'all like 70 percent of the time is talking literally there's so much talking that's because you have to constantly enter into these agreements and you have to talk about these agreements and then you have to talk about your hard limits your soft limits the 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 every boundaries i've never even heard that you have to like so there's so much conversation that happens before during and after saying and i tell people like 30 percent of the time is actual play the other 70 percent is just so much trying to figure out what the hell y'all are going to do in the first place how you're going to do it yes there's can be levels of spontaneity and and everything, especially once you start building rapport and all of these things. So trust so with forth. someone, yeah. Absolutely. But, like, it's so much talking that you have to do, man. So much talking. Now, kink and its other effects, you can be kinky, but not necessarily living in a BDSM lifestyle. The same way that, you know, you can you can enter... What's, what's the, the difference between someone who's... Is, is BDSM just more of a subset of kink? Or, like, how does that... No, no. Okay, so I'll, I'll use my example, right? Because me, me and Pages are in the exact opposite spot, right? He plays in polyamory. I play in BDSM. My dom, when I go to her house, this is a type of play and sensuality I engage with with her that really is unique within this subset. Like, And even then, it's because I trust her expertise in this so much. I'm willing to do things with her that I might not do with another partner that maybe has an interest but not expertise let's say being choked was your thing this is something that you would definitely have to negotiate because if you do this wrong people can die like this is just the reality of this part of sexuality this is not something i want to do with a friday fuck right somebody i think she cute she think i'm cute we back at the house it's like let's do this thing it's like i don't count myself as expert enough to engage in this type of sexuality with someone that I don't know has a history of this type of sexuality. And that goes back to what Pages was talking about with the the conversations being had first. Absolutely, right? Whereas if I'm with my dom and she's whipping out toys, I'm like, okay, I know you have used this. She also is a medical doctor. So she knows the limits of the human body. These are things where I'm willing to give her the trust that would be very difficult for me to do with someone else, right? And this is this is what's very different. Absolutely. And the biggest thing that you that you can kind of get, yeah, like a kink is more so of it's a it's a fancy way of saying a preferred either situation or act that elicits further arousal physically, mentally, emotionally, so on and so forth. BDSM is just a system. It's just a structure Uh, that then can employ these kinks to further flesh them out, to explore them, to enhance them using whether it's toys, whether it's particular techniques, or or whether it's not even like a lot of it. Like there's some doms that are just mental doms. There are people who are like they don't even employ toys or anything like that. All of it is just 
play of the mind. And, and whether it's in instructions, whether it's in mind games, as some people might say, but of course, still under the umbrella of consent, right? These is, this is still very understood that all of these things are happening. So yeah, BDSM is just a system. It's more so regarded as a system or a structure that employs the kinks or uses the kinks and furthers them during play or during a scene or during a session. I have a question for, yes. for both of y'all. At what point did you push past the taboo? Because I, I feel like a, a big part of my sexuality is just like really unlearning this idea of taboo. And like, this is something that I like and I want to ask for this thing. And like, when did you come into that? And, you know, how was that process like? So for me, how I first got into BDSM and, 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 and learning more of my kinks I actually went through a period of sexual addiction that was like really bad and that I subsequently got help for at one point. Do you, do you, would you say that help would be necessary for someone who has that type of addiction? Um, I mean, I, need, I think any type of addiction you should get help for, you know what I'm saying? I guess I, I think... <laughs> if you're addicted right, to you're candles, right, right. I'm not going to be like, ooh... <laughs> Ah, so ooh. <laughs> you know you're spending, saying? you spent your whole paycheck on candles, Mark. Right, you know what I'm saying? Like, there, there should be any kind of addiction. And when we talk addiction, we, we talk in something that's so severe that it literally impedes on your life, right? I'm not saying if you out it was here. impeding on your life. If you're out sense. here buying candles every day, I'm not trying to shame you for buying candles. I, I fucking love candles. But if you're buying you candles me? instead of food and right. you looking like If you're uh, buying candles, slim. you know what I'm saying? If you're buying candles instead of taking care of your family and your churns, and you know what I'm saying? And you out here doing wild shit. and, and Being like, destructive. Maladaptive behavior, as the therapist would say. Facts. So I, I, I was going through this period of sexual addiction. I uh, came about online, entered this kinky group that was led by this dope, incredible black woman. And through her group, I met another black woman who later came to find out happened to be a dom. Real quickly, a dom is this a dominant person, a person that takes the control in the particular yeah, thing? Is that a very yes, it's layman a, it's, way of explaining yes, it? Yes, yes, very much so. Very much so. So at first, you know, my young self, so this is like right out right out of college type. I'm over here, I'm thinking like, ooh, I, this old Joan trying to get this little young thing. Okay, she going to take care of me. I, I'm, I'm figuring like, oh, she about to be like a sugar mama situation, you know? The real dream. She One time, she just flew me out. She I got flewed out. Yes, I did. Shout out, shout out to Game flew out. Ain't nothing like getting flewed out. Man, Woo! listen, hey, nothing. Out. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm oh. trying, I'm trying to arrange a flewed out situation right now. Exit the matrix, folks. Please fly my mans out. We try to get chose now. <laughs> <laughs> you know Yo! what I mean? Oh yeah, man, shout out I to the internet. At, yeah, politically already. So anyway, you know, shout out shot. to the internet. Yeah, she flew me out to Florida. And, you know, I thought it was just going to be like, you know, hey, weekend in Florida, I'm kicking it. You know, she lived right outside Miami, you know. I'm about to be living a life. She going to take care of me. Woo, woo, woo. And it was cool the first night. Damn, damn, fantastic. She rocking my world. She giving me that. She, she giving me that, that that old season woman situation. Now I'm like, ooh, I've been messing with these little bitties. They, ooh, this is different. And then finally the next day, she like, so have you ever... And I'm like, no, no, what that? What what that is? And she start pulling stuff out. And then she take me to our little room. And she got chains. And she got wrist cuffs, ankle cuffs. And I'm sitting here like, 
Oh, this woman crazy. You done passed oh, the threshold, bro. She about to, what, kind, <laughs> what in the slavery is this? Call to adventure, bro. Bro, I was like, uh-uh, no, no, no. We not doing none of this. She's like, nah, just relax, you know, da 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 And she's like, starts explaining me things, da-da-da. Eventually, she's like, okay, how about this? I'll just tie you up. Are you okay? And so, I mean, I, I've seen some tying up stuff. Okay, I'll, you know, but I'm some adventurous. Tying up stuff, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, she put me up. Oh, my gosh. But I was so, I remember, like, I was so uncomfortable yet at the same time I was extremely aroused and that shit was fucking me up on the inside that I was like what is what is going on but I'm like I'm turned on and then like you know she's just and all she's doing is like caressing me at first all she's doing she's barely like she's just caressing me and da 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 and then she got right around to my butt and I was like okay all right cool da 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 and I just hopped up and I was like I can't do this sorry and I'm like I'm I'm stressed I'm stressed but she was like, it's all good, no problem, you know, da 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 She kept explaining to me stuff. We kept having conversations. Next thing you know, uh, I was in Florida often. <laughs> often, <laughs> often. God, do dude, this it's often. often. And that is much the same, right? I, I remember the first time I was, I was at my dom's house, and she takes me into her closet, and it's dead ass, a closet full of whips. It's like... Damn, I didn't even know there was this many different kinds of whips, much less that one person would own all of them, to say nothing of restraints, to say nothing of toys, right? And it's just someone that takes a different approach to sexuality. You're thinking about not just the overt sexual bits, but what does the game of stimulation bring? How do these sensations increase or decrease your receptivity to to sexuality? And I, I think, it's, again, it's just a big conversation. Like, what Paige is talking about was him meeting his first hard limit and giving a hard no. Like, a soft limit might look something like, okay, you can grab my butt, but nothing can go in. That Something going in, that's the hard limit. If you want to play with my butt, be careful, that's a soft limit something going in my butt that's a hard limit right so when you were asking what's the difference between those that's what that is right so it's like yeah you know be be careful here you're pushing up against you know a boundary you know what i'm saying yeah so once we like like the next time i came over that's how we started the conversation right it was like okay so tell me what are the things you're willing to do what are the things you're definitely not willing to do what are the things that you're like eh? and that's how the conversation of soft limits hard limits came and then from there she literally like, I like to say, like, she built a curriculum for, specific to me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like she, dead yeah, ass. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, she built a curriculum specific to me. Shout out you know to teaching, saying? man. You know shout out saying? to learning. Yeah, because she was a teacher, apparently, as, as I came to know later or whatever. But she was also a biology teacher. So that's why I like that thing that you were saying about that. The more, if you are... If you are with someone who engages in BDSM or King that understands the body and or the mind, so like that's why I feel like people who are like doctors, people who are like therapists, people who are like psychologists, things of the sort, they definitely have a leg up because they understand the body and the mind in such a fine-tuned, focused way that they can access certain things about you in a way that a lot of people who don't have this knowledge or who are not seeking this knowledge, you know, don't have, right? But all that to say, so she basically became my mistress and I was her submissive. And we we, enca- we engaged often in top-bottoming situations. And, and what that is, is basically like, you're not someone submissive necessarily and, and you're not entering in a dynamic with a person, but you're willing to enter a, a a space of I can be the recipient and you can be the giver, right? And so it's that nuance, top, you know. That, top that's and why bottoming, the talking right, is important, right? right? That's why that's indifferent. Yeah. So like you can do top bottoming situations 
versus dominant sub or dominant submissive because we're not in a dynamic. We're not in an actual sort of, an easy way to say, we're not in a relationship. We're not in a BDSM relationship. But you want to be able to feel dominated by me or to be dominated by me so that that's what we answer. So I will be the top, you will be the bottom, so on and so forth. All right, so she became my mistress. And it was amazing. It was beautiful for about two years. Yeah, about two years. And I learned everything that I know now, or at least all the basic foundational and some few things from her. So grateful for that experience. It was an incredible way for me to come into that because, one, I think learning kink and BDSM from somebody who's queer, from an older person, from an older black woman. So that was also my introduction to queerness. I think anybody who wants to be the more dominant person, I think, I believe, and the things that she's taught me, they should be a submissive first. You should be able to learn what somebody being responsible for you means and what that is before you try to endeavor being responsible over others. Yo, it's incredible. It's so crazy that you just said that, man, because I was about to ask, like, as a cishet man and, and dealing with those gender roles that I have as a cishet man, like, I, I am so taught as a young age, like, you need to be dominant in every situation. You have to be the initiator in all these situations. And it sounds like to me, just this is an observation, please correct me if I'm wrong. Both of y'all's you know, entrance into the BDSM world, the kink world, the, the, the polyamorous world, really, I think, allowed you to take a step back and evaluate that. And like you just said, learn how to become dominant and submissive and understand that those are both a part of your narratives. I'm so dominant in real life, right? Like in sexuality, it's great to not have to have the responsibility of being the most dominant person. And as a rule, like my sexuality tends to be very very sensual over over um explicit and so like for me to have a person that's willing to embrace that role as a dominant but also understands that my allure to to bdsm is really more as a person that's attempting to accumulate stimulation and experiences because i'm a hedonist and so like first off my my pull is going to be what are going to be the most pleasurable senses because i think this is something that people miss too the world of BDSM they think it's all just pain motherfucker you don't know what life is until you tap out because the the joy is too good like the pleasure is beyond what your body can handle and you have to use your safe word like it's not just all they're spanking me they're choking me they got me with the vampire glove oh my god what do I do sometimes the pleasure is so overwhelming because they understand your body and what your limits are that you're forced to reach again a hard limit man y'all are so y'all are really in your bag right now i wanted to ask this question it's crazy that you touched on that because you know i wanted to talk too about like something that i've experienced you know what i'm saying in, in toxic masculinity is like the shaming of my own pleasure and knowing like where it has to come from it like only exists in this very small place for me i've also an observation it seems to me pages i don't know if you can touch on this but like unshaming of your pleasure and, and wanting to be pleasured or, or wanting to deliver pleasure really burst out of its cocoon like once you entered into this world would you say that that's a true observation listen Absolutely. BDSM and kink and my understanding of my kinks, the space that BDSM offered me was the most freeing space I've ever had. It allowed me to truly explore the fluidity of sexuality in a nuanced way beyond just the body. The greatest sexual organ that we have is our brain. That's the greatest sexual organ that you have. And when you have true access to the things in your mind, 
or you allow somebody else to have access to it and the ways that they can manipulate that and, and lead you or or take you to another plane. I mean, that's what Moment was just talking about. When you have such a surge of pleasure that you pass out and you, you don't even understand how you went to this beyond place. I unlearned so much, man. So much of the toxic things that I was taught my whole life about what pleasure is supposed to be and these things about just how even treating women, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, or treating other people and, mm-hmm. and that sex is something you do to someone instead of with someone oh, and the experiences that you, that, you, that you can create with a person. And that's how I operate since then. I am all about having transcendent experiences. Sometimes that transcendent experience could be a a one night stand and woo woo woo. And like things can be vanilla, but doesn't mean it's not fun. Saying I I can still have vanilla sex. This is not to shame anybody. Like, because this is not for everyone. That's something that needs to be. That's vanilla beans. It's not (laughs) for the vanilla beans, whatever. Like, it's not for everyone, and that's okay too. Though I do think if we lived in a world that embraced sexuality in a healthy way, that we had healthy communication, healthy nuanced perspectives and outlooks that we taught holistically about sexuality, the physicality of it, not just in the physical, not just in the act of, oh, uh, this sexual organ penetrates this other sexual organ or this, this, whatever. But we talked about the mental aspect, the spiritual aspect even, the health aspects, all of those things holistically. And without shame, without guilt, without these oppressive things lashed onto it, I guarantee you there will be way more people into BDSM and kink than they are now. Yeah, more more than the other aspect of sexuality, I think. And, and that's not to make BDSM inherently sexual, because it's not. There's all kinds of people that never have sex. Your whole shit is you want to be dominated. Like, But that doesn't, that doesn't necessarily include sex. But the greatest thing, I think, in healthy BDSM that you get is an understanding of how to model proper consent. Up to and including sexuality, but in every aspect of the engagement. As for me, with polyamory, the thing that polyamory has taught me the most, as to when I knew I was polyamorous, the term, it came so much later on in my life. But those behaviors... You couldn't put a word to it, but you right, knew it was there. All the time. I remember being four years old and having a crush on two different girls at the same time. This girl was beautiful in this way, and this girl was very interesting in this way. And I just remember early on asking myself, like, I'm getting different things from these people. Why do I have to choose one at the detriment to the other? And just my whole life, I thought I was a fucking deviant. You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember there was a girl I dated. Right. You know, I was like, what the fuck is... over there waving his hand. Right, like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like, this girl loves me beautifully, and we fuck so much. Why do I want to fuck other people? Something in me is broken. And it's like, no, man. It's just like food, right? And and I say that because even then people still get, you know, shame as far as food goes. But like different people need different nutrients. Different people need different amounts of food, right? What fills you up might not fill me up. I need to keep eating just because I stop because you don't want to eat anymore. I'm not reaching what I need for my growth. You know, I remember I was dating a girl decades ago. And she was gorgeous and she was beautiful. And we we just had such a passionate relationship. And our sex was some of the best sex I've ever had with any partner. And she would just cheat on me all the fucking time. And I would cheat on her all the fucking time because we couldn't. We couldn't be honest about the fact that it wasn't about the amount of sex we were having or even the quality of sex we were having. And, and, and do not hear me wrong. 
not everybody that's a cheater is polyamorous. Some people are just fucking cheaters. Yeah, manipulators, be- breaking right? social contracts. Because they lack the ability to communicate effectively. But what I came to understand in my later relationships was it was not about any detriment that I had or that this person had. It was just that we needed other fucking things up to and including each other, which affected my other relationships. I remember with my current nesting partner, I remember we, were, we had been dating maybe six months and we were talking on the phone one day, and it was just a pause. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about a lot of the ways that my relationships have failed in the past. And it tends to be because I have multiple interests. And I just need you to know I love you a lot. And I want to imagine a life that we are trying to build together. It's just important that you understand it will be through no fault of your own. I will always have interest in other people. And sometimes that interest will take a sexual manifestation. And I remember my partner telling me, like, this is not a problem. What is more important is that you don't have me, like, chasing the wind, lying to me, gaslighting me, because you're fucking people and you're not telling me. Nine times out of ten, the person is not pissed off you fucked someone else. They're pissed off you fuck someone else and you lied about it and you made them feel like they're fucking crazy and now they want to go gaslighting through your phone is, and, is right and that that's when it starts a lot of that toxicity that's the fuck because you're problem. manipulating they're you're breaking the social contract Absolutely. and you're not being truthful with them and and so what i learned the most from polyamory is moving away from the most toxic belief that i think monogamy teaches and it's that this person is mine this person is not ever that yours. That possession, that ownership. Right? This person is theirs. You are yours. I give someone the gift of me, and I can return that gift at any time. Someone gives me the gift of them. They can give that gift to whoever they want because they are the arbiters of their gift. It's so good, everything that you said, because a lot of people have this sort of misconception that, oh, you just like being in an open relationship or so this, that, and third because you just want to be able to fuck everybody. And I, and I tell people all the time, like, I've been in two open relationships now that both lasted over a year where we weren't, like, we barely did stuff with other people. Barely. Because for me, it's like being open is it's not... It's such a shallow way to look at it. You know? you know what I'm saying? Like, being open is not about the ability to fuck because I can do that whether I'm with someone or not. If I'm going to be grimy and I'm going to fuck other people, I'm going to do that. Like, you know what I'm saying? I think there's saying? this belief that, like, sex is unavailable. Yeah, like, like it's not gotta... It's not about the availability or the access of sex. To me, how, how I regard a lot of openness and, and this came from my experiences in BDSM and my experiences in poly spaces and things of that sort was that I am entering into a relationship with a person that I regard as a full human. Therefore, I do not own you. I do not possess you. You are your own person at all times. Whether we are together forever or we are together for the next hour. You are your own person. Therefore, you should be able to have any experience, human experience that you want to have. You should be able to live full out your human experience however it is. Now, of course... We can enter into certain agreements. We can still have certain boundaries and things that we talk about in terms of like what would hurt us, what are our expectations, so on and so forth. But there should never be a point where my partner comes to me and says, I want to go do a thing, but I can't because we're in a relationship. Huh? That that don't make no sense to me. It's I want to have this experience. Let me talk with my partner about it, you know, so just to inform them and to also know like, hey, okay, will doing this thing hurt you in any way? And where can we find a compromise if we are diametrically opposed or if you're super cool with it? Cool. I just want to know and make sure that you're safe. That's always been my biggest thing. I just want to make sure that you're safe. If it's an unsafe situation, that's definitely when I might speak up that like, uh, I don't know if that's a safe situation for you. 
But if you really, really want to do with it, let's prepare ourselves in case something happens. How can we be prepared? Da, 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 and know that I got you and I support you. Everything else after that, it's like we have this thing about possessiveness, man. It's just people just want to possess. They want to control. And, and because that's all it is. It's just another system of control. People feel like they own you just because you're in a relationship. Like, no, bro, I'm still my own person. I got my own thoughts, own feelings, all of the things. And at the end of the day, we could be together for years and you feel like you know me. But at the end of the day, you don't know me you are not in my brain you are not in my head at all times i love how poly spaces and bdsm taught me about the freedom of self in every way you know again i would just follow up with that like where do i learn what is the hallmark of bdsm sex safe sane consensual those three works that's the framework behind every bdsm engagement that you involve yourself in in healthy bdsm you know and i would say like Again, just to take a model from physics, the universe, the way the universe works, I know myself, I am a comet. I have an irregular orbit going throughout the universe. When you talk about possessing me, what possesses a comet in this universe? A fucking sun. You're going to need that much fucking energy to be able to pull me into your orbit and hold me forever. And very few people are suns. They see themselves as suns, but realistically, you're probably a moon yourself. You don't have enough gravity to hold me forever. And I have to do what I have to do as a comet. Even if you was a planet and you were held by a sun, planets still have often moon. Even a sun doesn't have an exclusive hold on a planet. But we expect this type of behavior and romantic relationships, understanding. And again, Paige has said such a great job of it because it's like there are partners that I have in my life and our relationship is not strictly sexual. In fact, it's closer to asexuality or demisexuality. And there are other things that I'm getting from that relationship that is exclusive to this relationship. And that is our draw to each other. It's not always just about all this fucking definitely not it's a very shallow and hollow way to look at it because you can develop intimacy in so many ways other than just sex sex is one of the easiest vehicles to sex like has to bring on intimacy not has to but in like almost all situations it you like know, has to bring intimacy. for sure for sure because you you are literally skin to skin and all of these things with a person, you're literally entering a person. And so, like, yes, of course, there's, there's levels to this shit. But there's so many ways to create intimacy, and there's so many ways to create pleasure. And that's also one of the things that, like, I, I gain so much from this is, like, the ways that we create pleasure without even me having to be penetrating. That I can create a pleasurable experience and take you to that place of climax Without even touching, right? Yeah. Without even doing anything. Like you said, with the brain, you know? Like the anticipation. All those things are a part of all the pleasure, of I feel like. All of those things. All of those things and, and, and the different dynamics that, that you can create. Now, another thing that I wanted to quickly touch on is that, yeah, like, people think, like, you can still cheat even in an open relationship. You can still cheat in, in into the space because, as Mo Man said, it's not about the act. It's about... The, the 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 lies the manipulation and and the, and the, the manipulation the concerning the act you can if we had an agreement to not do a and b and you go do a and b even if we're in an open setting that is still a breaking of the contract right which is what a lot of cheating is also a lot of like really fucked up people in this world man there's a lot of people that be out here 
claiming dominant and they're exploiting it just to literally just be abusive just to have an excuse to be abusive be very wary man be very 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 wary these people out here man make sure you do your research and ask a lot of questions because i guarantee you most of these folks they're like yeah yeah i'm a dumb yeah i'm a blah 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 and this is not gender specific by the way i mean of course Men being fucked up is, you know, the, it's the the fucking prerequisite. And Story shit. is like, old as time. You know what I'm saying? But it's not gender specific. There are a lot of people who engage in really, really fucked up dynamics and use BDSM, exploit BDSM and kink and, and use that as an excuse to further their abusive ways. <clears throat> Everything with what you're saying is like, you know, one of the first things you learn is don't yuck someone else's yum. But like, even with that being told, like watching the community as it is, I have yet to ever see a DDLG that looks like something that's healthy. I mean, there's nothing that's more basic than a dude saying, I'm the daddy. I determine who you get to like. I determine what you get to wear. I determine when you get to come. Like, I'm like, how fucking sexually revolutionary is this? And these are guys that can never, ever give up the power but want to take total power. Again, I don't want to knock the whole format because I understand maybe it's just what I've seen. But like in every single thing, there's always going to be people that are be, that are going to be drawn to the power and utilize it for the dark side. So it's Sith Lords out there, man. It's Sith Lords. Wow. I didn't know you had so much in the bag, but y'all went out and you brought everything out the bag. And I do appreciate that. But something that I'm hearing is a through line that I think exists between all relationships is radical transparency and not keeping things in the dark, not keeping your feelings in the dark, not keeping what you like and what you need and your traumas and and your triumphs. Like those are things that you can share freely with people in terms of what's going to be positive for us. And I think the taboo of sex and not being able to have that conversation with my parents or my teachers, and I have to learn that from my peers who are basically going through the same things. And and I think we haven't really truly had a conversation about sex positivity in the world right now. And I I just appreciate y'all because it's all a part of this revolutionary shit that we're all preaching, man. Being a leftist, you know, being non-oppressive, being... Because in the utopia, we're going to have way more sex than we're having right now. And that's the point, you know, get to a point where sex is not taboo. People get to have it freely and consensually with all of the different nuances that y'all are talking about. And I I just appreciate both of y'all for being so transparent with us and being so vulnerable with us in your experiences and so on and so forth. And I just wanted to ask if um, y'all had anything else that we haven't got to that you wanted to touch on before we move on. Yeah, not not too, too much. Let's let's get a thing too clear though, like real quick. Okay, maybe I do have something to add. This ain't new. Like, people been kinky. (laughs) Like, people been kinky, been doing BDSM stuff, been doing sexually fluid things since the beginning of time. When colonization started going around and systems of control started being put, ideas of purity, so on and so forth. That's why you got a lot of these corporate honchos that are in back alley, underground, secret places paying thousands of dollars for some person to 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 flog them for 30 minutes where could you imagine a world where people are able to have those experiences more freely without shame without guilt and without any of these other institutions that are like where we live in a world that is so hyper sexualized and yet, none of us is ha- are having sex. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? It's like, 
everything is there's sex everywhere clearly but don't have sex crazy sex they don't want to the only thing about abstinence is just don't have sex it's like no 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 no. we need to teach people how to have healthy sex healthy safe sexual practices whether it's with one person or many a persons or even just themselves that's what we need to be teaching yeah Yeah, pages when we we talk a lot about living in this sort of dystopian world where everything is truly ridiculous. And, and I think you really painted a good picture just in that quick moment of just how ridiculous sometimes this whole situation is. Yeah, you know, and, and like for me, you know, just following with that, the other thing I would say is there should be no sex that's engaged in shame. Unless, again, that's something specifically you want to negotiate as part of an experience. Like, people want to play with shame, but if that's not something specifically within the parameter that you want to play with, don't feel guilty for anything that you do that's based in the world of consent. Because, again, there's no such thing as standard sexuality. All sexuality is deviance. And that's the time to embrace that. That's why it's intimacy. You are giving a part of yourself that you will have a very unique experience with somebody else. Even if this is something you've done a million times because this is a different person. And even if it's the same person, this is a different moment in time and space. Your energy is in a different place. Your headspace is in a different place. And bring that mentality to it every time. And that is the sacred nature of it. And when you are sharing something that's divine, there's no room for shame. So... Just stop being ashamed of the shit you like to do, man. Just like we said, like, don't yuck someone's yum. So long as the shit is based on safeness, saneness, and consent. Something that I just wanted to touch on. Paige just touched on it. You, you mentioned, you know, a lot of these people who are sexually repressed, these rich men who deal with people like, you know, a Jeffrey Epstein, really powerful, like, world leaders and billionaires. I, I just kind of wanted to say that. If y'all have any takes on that. Well, so here's the thing. There is, I want to make sure that like when we're starting to talk about non-safe practices and sexual practices and things of the sorts that are, that are violent, that are, that are violent in a non-consensual way, that are not healthy, that are not safe for any of the parties involved, that are void of consent, all of these things, right? And there is an insidious world unfortunately, that we that we live in, where there are some really terrible people, right? And we go back a little bit to earlier in the conversation, we were talking about people who would use these spaces that are meant to be safe spaces for those who have more, quote-unquote, deviant things that they want to do, and they abuse that. And so when we start talking about abuse of power, when we start talking about people who use their influence, their privilege, their money, their class, their race, and all of these things to really create deplorable situations and experiences and destructive habits. Yeah, it makes it hard, right? When I think about so many sex workers, right? When I think about people, whether they're working in dungeons or whether they're working the streets, because that's the only way that they can survive. We have to decriminalize sex work we have to create healthier, great spaces and uh, support them, right? And, and put money into them and, and and create systems that empower them and help them. And while also keeping those who abuse their power and privileges and all of these things accountable and responsible. And it's 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 tough, you know, because it, it comes from all sides. I mean, yeah, in D.C., it's really bad, man, like... 
sex trafficking in D.C. is is really really bad. It's really unaddressed, you know, for such a big, uh, absolutely such a, such a big. You know what I'm saying? So wait, wait. In District 13, where all the politicians, <laughs> yeah, no, crazy, huh? No way. You would never think it. But you know, it, it's 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 a real conversation. But again, these conversations are being had constantly, but they're not being had within the spaces of the people who are doing the oppressing. They're they're not being had there in the same way that they're constantly being had by those who are being oppressed. The president of the United States has is a rapist. Over, yeah. Facts. Like that's it. That's that's full stop period. Several times over. You know, we 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 live in a messed up world, man. And that's why we have to be able to like it starts with us for sure. It starts with how we raise our children, how we comport ourselves around our friends, our, our, our this, that, and a third. And it's like, how do we hold all of us accountable? You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, don't talk about, you know, oh, you know, I'm a good person and da-da-da, this, that, and a third. But all your homies is rapists. All your homies be sexually harassing folks, be catcalling, and you don't say nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, that can't happen. If, that, if, if you know what I'm saying, you're complicit in it, then then you're a part of it. I mean, I, I to me, I just go back to Matt Damon, right? Let's make that full circle. You gonna get in front of Ava DuVernay and talk about what the fuck is and what is not diversity? You know, you could you could lecture this motherfucker that clearly knows more than you, but you can't pull fucking your homeboy Harvey aside and be like, "Bruh, what the fuck, bruh? I'm going I'm going to the FBI." Like, I mean, because that's the kind of person you should feel like would have the kind of power and clout to do it. So, like, that's where it is. Like, instead of telling black women what the fuck is what, why don't you check on your, your homeboy? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and something that just keeps coming back to me after uh, hearing you both speak about uh, BDSM and, and kink and, and polyamory and all the different non-monogamous aspects of, of relationships and sexuality, you know, you, you always come back to... Just, just one more thing. I do want to say uh, also not just non-monogamy ethical non-monogamy where all of the people involved are able and capable of making choices about their body as far as consent it's not ethical if i'm polyamorous but this person i'm fucking is not polyamorous they're in a monogamous relationship with a fucking husband that's not ethical non-monogamy i appreciate what you get getting it right and getting it straight you know what i'm saying uh, words are important you know i i, I learned a lot and i just want to you know just thank both of y'all for for taking the time out you know and i really do appreciate sharing this space with you sanders non-toxic brotherhood i appreciate all the listeners you know what i'm saying for for bearing with us through this whole episode and um I learned a lot. I hope y'all learned a lot. Did y'all have any any parting words before um, before we hit this outro? Yo, man, thank y'all so much for having me. I appreciate y'all. I look forward to coming love back. You, man. I, love these, guy, man. I love these. I love these incredible so conversations and things that I saw. It's man, we need more of that. You know what I'm saying? We need more to to show that we're layered. And and I think it's also important. And one of the things I, I do want to touch on this a little bit, man. Like one of the reasons, and and I will never forget this. That somebody there was a time where I was having some not so great experiences within the BASM community, mainly because it was very white, particularly in DC. And like, I just don't really fuck with it. And so the, the idea of just both, like, not only do I have to deal with potentially bad, unsafe sexual practices, but then I also have to deal with racism. I have to deal with being fetishized and all of these other things that I would see from time to time and that I would experience. And so I almost left Everything all together was just like, you know what, maybe I should just, you know, not do anything. But I was told by Richard, man, we don't have a lot of young black men that are active in the life and that do it well 
and that are really about it, that is really who they are, and that can show and be a part to show that it is okay to engage in this. And then there are lots of dope spaces that you can engage in this safely and ethically and, and have an amazing time and really learn yourself. And so that's part of why like, I, I love talking to especially other folks of color and particularly a lot of black folk where so many of these like supposedly deviant things are still very much taboo, right? Or it's like, oh, that's that white people stuff. You know, you do that white people. I can't tell you how many times I got a lot of that. I just want to implore for anybody that wants to engage in this Ask a lot of questions. Know that it is okay. There is no shame about it. There's no guilt about it. Find a safe place. Find a mentor, hopefully, and uh, observe. You don't even have to engage most of the time. You don't have to participate. Observe. Just observe. Watch. And, and, and hopefully you'll get to a point where you are in a trusting space. You are in a loving space where... You can make it happen for yourself and come out even better than you went in. And I'll just finish with, once you understand what, what's ethical, what's safe, sane, and consensual, it makes it a little bit more difficult to be lured into scenarios where there is imbalanced power because you understand the rules of it. I remember maybe it was a month or two ago, there was the whole fucking tape making the rounds about the, the reverend who was married, who was having a sexual encounter with his parishioner. And everyone's like, oh, they're grown. And it's like, no, because once you understand what power dynamics are, this is a person that is her spiritual leader. This is on some damn near some Rasputin shit. You go there looking for absolution and spiritual forgiveness, and this is a person that's utilizing you in a sexual manner. There's every fucking Sunday on some thou shalt not commit adultery, you know, and every other, you know, law that they think they understand about sexuality. But at the same time, they're manipulating parishioners. Ethical engagements with the people that we're after, man. That's what we really want to see y'all do. So model that. If you don't think asking consent is sexy, you're doing that shit wrong, man. If you can't look somebody in the eye and say, baby, do you want me to kiss you? Baby, do you want me to fuck you? If you can't, you're not ready for sex. You don't ask yes when you're afraid the answer is going to be no. And that tells you everything you need to know. Gang, gang, I appreciate y'all. Exit the Matrix podcast at gmail.com uh, matrix podcast on facebook matrix podcast on ig exit the matrix podcast.com we appreciate y'all hit us up we are only have two more episodes after this for the season and we're gonna take a little breaky break appreciate y'all we out hey baby